Radio is brought to you through a partnership between WFHB, Rhino's All Ages Club, Harmony Education Center, and Bloomington Parks and Recreation Department. Youth Radio is produced by Bloomington Teenagers and broadcasts live every Saturday night from 6 to 10 p.m. right here on WFHB. Rhino's youth programs are free and open to ages 13 to 18. If you want to participate in Youth Radio, join us Thursdays at 4 p.m. at Rhino's All Ages Club. 331 South Walnut. For more information, call 333-3430. This month on the podcast, The Innocence of Youth, interviews with some young folks, some attendees at Planet X Fest, and our moms, plus a frank discussion about some childhood heroes. Let's go. down with my mom and she's going to talk about some misconceptions that I had as a child. You said when you grew up you were going to be a dog or you were going to be a boy named Jack and you were going to live in a castle. Emily, your twin sister, was going to marry a man and divorce him so she could have all his money and she wouldn't have to work. You went up to another child who came up to play with you and you were so convinced Everybody had a twin because you did and every, all of your friends did. You went up to them and you said, so where's your twin? And they were upset because they said, I don't have a twin. And you said, you have to have a twin. Everybody has twins. Really strange fears like angel hair pasta. I have no idea where that came from, but you were frightened to death of angel hair pasta. I could not cook it. I couldn't even buy it. I had convinced you that cars didn't run unless you had a seatbelt on or as you called it a belt seat. You were convinced that dad worked at Otis and when somebody asked you what he did there you said that he crashed elevators and he made donuts. You were very very friendly. You would talk to anybody so we had a long conversation on our way to Connecticut one day about not talking to strangers because we were going to be in a big city. So we stopped at a rest area and I went into the bathroom and made you all stand there holding hands so nothing would happen to you. I came out of the bathroom and you were talking away to a stranger and when we got into the car and I said didn't we just have this conversation about not telling everything like where you're going what your name is where you live everything to strangers because it was dangerous you said oh it's okay it's not like she's a or anything so then we had to sit down and discuss what a was Would you call yourself an adult? I'm 16, so no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm 18. So I can get arrested and charged with a felony. Do you, do you feel like an adult? or? Not at all. I'm completely not independent. <laughs> like, I have a job and stuff, but like I definitely can't pay for any of the things I need. Okay. Like My school, I go to school, don't pay for any of it. That's expensive. What's something you believed in as a child, but no longer believe? Um... The Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus and things like that. But, like, most values I feel like I had as a kid, just, like, you know, being like sharing and all that stuff, I still <laughs> value. And a part of me still wants to believe in Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess, well, I believed in, like, capitalism and thought I would be a hotel owner, but I don't believe that anymore. <laughs> I'm 
20. Do you, you think of yourself as an adult? No. Never. Yeah. Uh, Why? Uh, I don't know. I guess I associate being an adult with boring things. And, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have, like, a very professional job. And I don't, you know, I don't have a driver's license. Uh, I used to have an apartment, but it was weird. I felt too much like an adult, so I stopped. Uh, you know. Are you living up to your childhood expectations? Uh, I am exceeding my childhood expectations. When I was a child, I was like a very pessimistic child, and I was like, I thought I was going to work in a McDonald's, and I never ended up working in a McDonald's. And I don't know. Stuff's great. Everything's great. Are you living up to your childhood expectations? Um, more or less. I mean, when I was a kid, I thought I'd be running a laundromat slash comic book store slash record store slash coffee shop and, like, living in a punk house at this point. And I did that for a minute. Then I moved back in with my parents because, you know, that's not a profitable way to live. So, like, if you asked this eight months ago... Yeah, but like now I watch Extreme Couponing all day and that's cool. I liked TV when I was a kid, so kind of. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 26 years old. Would you call yourself an adult? I don't know. Unfortunately, probably because I do have a full-time job right now, and um, but it's something that I don't want to do for the rest of my life. So, in a nutshell, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I don't. That's that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Um, are there things that you believed as a child that you don't believe in anymore? Uh, all sorts of things. I mean, from the Tooth Fairy to Santa Claus and all that stuff to, I mean, just like the false sense of security you get from police officers and stuff like that. You know, I mean, um, all sorts of stuff. The, the American dream in general, really, that, you know, if you work hard, you are going to succeed and all that. And really, it's just... Uh, you know, I mean, now here I am, I have a, a you know, um, a full-time job and everything, and I still live paycheck to paycheck, so just, uh, yeah, there's all tons, yeah, tons. I'm 18. Do you feel like an adult? Uh, no, I don't. I suppose I should by now, and I'm sort of being, like, pressured to move out of my house and stuff, but uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it out there in the real world, the cold real world, uh, quote unquote. Okay. And uh, are there things that you believed as a child that you don't believe in anymore? Besides Santa. Uh, okay. Um, well, when I was younger, like 16, I became really disillusioned with just people in general, and I thought everyone just sucked, but uh, I don't know if it's becoming an adult or whatever, but I've learned that there are a lot of good people in the world, so that's something that I sort of stopped believing in and then believed in again. That's a good one. Um, are you living up to your childhood expectations? Uh, yes. Thankfully, I didn't have very high standards. So. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, how old are you guys? 16. 21. Also 21. Would you consider, you two, would you guys consider yourself an adult? No, not by any means. Why? Uh, 
I'm a huge, like, I really like nerdy stuff. For example, I'm wearing a Star Wars t-shirt, you know. I, uh, I, like, pay my bills and stuff, but I try... I try not to really think too much. Like I, I don't feel like I've settled down by any means. I think you gotta kind of settle down before you're like an adult. I guess I don't think I'll ever be an adult. <laughs> okay. What's something you guys believed in as a child but don't believe in anymore? God. 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 Okay. Yeah. God and probably uh, and prostitutes. Uh, the, <laughs> the government. Capitalism. The government. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Capitalism. Uh, pop music. <laughs> How old are you guys? Um, 19, 18, 19. Do you consider yourself an adult? I guess. Because <laughs> other people tell me I am. <laughs> In certain situations. Can you elaborate? Um, like when I want to do something uh, that my mom doesn't want me to do since I live there still. I'll just be like, yeah, hey, I'm an adult. It's fine. <laughs> and do it anyway. No, I still feel like a kid. <laughs> Um, are there certain things that you believed in as a child that you don't believe in anymore? Um, that's a tough one. I guess religion. Mm-hmm. I guess religion, but that's it. <laughs> uh, same thing. And I also believed in, like, unicorns and stuff. But, uh... <laughs> that's cool. Thank you, guys. Uh, I'm Jacob, and I'm almost 15. I'm 14. Summer. And how old are you? 12. So how old are you? 11. Cool. Um, I'm going to ask you a few questions. They're a little strange and really, like, open, but that's okay. So why do you think the sky is blue? You don't have to be right. Just why do you think the sky is blue? Um... Because, you know, any other color would make it look stupid. <laughs> what? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. Something, like, maybe that's in the sky. Or, like, the oxygen. Because it wants to be. Very good answer. Question number two. Explain evolution. It's kind of like when one thing adapts to try and survive in its environment better. Okay, so we started out as like, you know, small things and then we actually got, you know, enough and I think we went from uh, these small things to like fish and then monkeys and then people. In the future we're gonna turn into like whatever, like weird things that are probably smart enough to not, you know, do stupid stuff like I do. Evolution uh, is like um, when a man, like when how a monkey turned into a man, something like that. I think world peace. Cool. Um, how was the earth made? Um, well, um... Uh, something exploded, I think, and then somehow Earth was made like a universe, universe. Big Bang, that's it. (laughs) It's just a huge explosion. I don't know. (laughs) It just fell there. The 
big bang thing and yeah the earth was made I don't know how the earth was made but I guess God made it or something or the big bang theory I have no clue what do you think of the president awesome Seems seems like he'd be a, he's uh, he is a good president. You know he's cool. He's done some stuff. You could probably ask my mom that she knows what she's doing. Uh, I think Barack Obama is a really good president because he helps a lot of people. Yeah. Where does chocolate milk come from? Chocolate milk comes from chocolate and milk. Chocolate milk comes from factories where they take milk and pour chocolate flavoring into them. <laughs> and they're like, oh, hey, look, we're so magical. We've got flavored stuff. Milk and cream. Well, they get milk from cows and then just, I guess, like add chocolate to it. Okay. Um, where do hot dogs come from? Hot dogs are just a bunch of different meats in a tube, in a plastic tube. Usually they're just like leftovers from other like processed meat, and but sometimes they are actually like all beef. No, no. Uh, hot, uh, hot dog vendors, I guess. <laughs> um, they're made. I know what they're made of. They're made of like pig parts. I think it's like, you know, it's the basic stuff. It's like pork rejects or whatever, you know. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, what makes you mad? When people don't stop talking. It's really annoying. <laughs> Anything that doesn't seem... I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm talking about anger. But um, anything that doesn't seem fair in my mind it just sort of ticks me off. What makes me mad are when veterans uh, or active military don't get respect. Cheaters. Oh, yeah. Cheaters. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes everyone mad. What do you want to be when you grow up? Either a vet, an artist, or some type of chemist. Football player. I want to be a marine biologist and... I don't know, stuff like that. And, like, play with dolphins and stuff. I want to make movies. Final question. What's most important to you? Just making sure that I'm not a complete failure in life, if that's possible. Food. What's most important to you? Like, my family, my friends, my dog. Art. I don't know. Most important is my family. I like them a lot. They're pretty cool. Thank you for answering these questions. My neighbor, welcome again to this neighborhood. I'd like to show you something. You know what this is? Or maybe if I press this button. This is a cassette player with a little cassette in here. And there's nothing written on it. So we'll just have to play it to see what it is. Do you ever imagine things? Are they scary things? Are they scary things? Do you ever imagine things? Things you'd like to have. Did you ever see a cat's eyes in the dark and wonder what they were? What they were? Did you ever pretend about things like that? Did you ever pretend about things like that? Did you ever grow anything?
the garden of your mind. In the garden of your mind. You can grow ideas in the garden of your mind. In the garden of your mind. It's good to be curious about many things. You can think about things and make believe. All you have to do is think. Disclaimer for parents. The following segment contains material which may not be suitable for younger listeners. You have been warned. When exactly did you discover that Santa Claus was not real? And how did that make you feel? I was probably about seven. And it was on Christmas Day that they decided to tell me. And um, I was sitting down in the living room after we'd opened presents. And then my brother and his girlfriend came up and they were like, Tori, we got to tell you something. Santa Claus isn't real. I was just like, I know. Like, I was like, you think I'm stupid or something? Like, I like got all offensive about it. And I was like, but Mrs. Claus is real. So I like didn't believe in Santa Claus, but I thought Mrs. Claus was real. I thought Santa Claus was this dude who had a red cap and red clothes. And he <laughs> lived in the North Pole and he gave you presents. And, um,. Then he broke into your house. Since we didn't have a chimney, he had a magic key that um, would unlock any door in the universe. That's what my parents told me. So he broke into my house every year and gave me presents. And now I just know he's just a big corporate Coke logo. The year before that, and I think this is the reason they kind of wanted to tell me, I was so excited for Santa Claus to come that I puked. Like, I like didn't sleep that night and I puked all over my bedroom. So naturally, instead of just sleeping in my own puke, I went to get my parents and they were up. I just remember that though. Um, <laughs> so, and then they were like, oh, just sleep in our room. So of course they had to come in and probably wait till I went to sleep to go out again. But like, I just remember being like, whoa, like the cookies are gone. Like just freaking out. Cause cookies are like proof. Yeah. You're like, that is Santa's saliva on that half bitten cookie. Being a, a little boy in, in Russia, you didn't have Santa Claus, but you had Father Frost who's very similar. And since in, in Russia, in the big city, nobody has a chimney. You'd have to leave your door open overnight so he could come in. And he doesn't ride in the sky on a reindeer. He rides a horse. And he's very lavish looking, but he looks just pretty much like Santa Claus, except more, just a little more blingy. So you'd leave your, op your, you'd leave your door open and he'd come in and he'd like, I guess, eat some food that you leave out and leave you presents under a tiny little Christmas tree. Um, and then when I immigrated here, I kind of had a feeling Santa Claus couldn't be real because Father Frost was already real and I was thinking that they kind of coexisted for a while and then I was thinking about it and they really Father Frost couldn't just handle Europe and then or Russia and then there's got to be one guy doing this so I gave up on everything Father Frost is no more real than Santa Claus how feel? <laughs> um, as long as I was getting presents, I was fine. Um, my parents would write, like, from Santa Claus, and then from Father Frost, and from, you know, my own parents' names, and apparently Santa Claus and my dad had the same handwriting on the little gift thingies. That's another thing. 
That was amusing. So I guess I might have confronted them about it, but I already had a feeling. I had a hunch. I didn't really care, though, because I was still getting presents. That's what this holiday's about, right? When I was a kid, I was, I feel like there's a point where I was firmly aware that there was no Santa Claus, but Christmas was this just magical time where you just, you didn't, you didn't question it when it happened, you know, like the gifts appeared. It was just one of those things. It was all part of it. You watched the cartoons. You felt like it was just part of the spirit, you know, like just kind of believing in whatever. But I remember the year that my family decided to like kind of give it up because I was the baby in the family. So I'm the youngest. So, um, there was one year, my dad's a fireman. So it was one year he was working on Christmas day. So we decided to open all of our presents the night before on Christmas Eve and like so I'm like what do you mean we're getting our presents tonight and like I was firmly aware but I was still like just starting I got real emotional and my mom came went upstairs she came downstairs with like two garbage bags full of toys and like for some reason that made it that much worse like all my toys are just in a garbage bag like it's just like you know like this feeling of like it all came crashing down you know and like um and just like things, my mom not even like, just like pulling a gift out of a garbage bag and be like, okay, that's uh, that's yours. And just like, so you could get it and you're like, the magic was completely gone. And I just remember like, even though I knew this like human being or this magical person didn't exist, you still just kind of wanted to believe it. You know, it's like, it's like walking around, like hoping there's a ghost, you know, like whether or not you believe in ghosts, you still want to be kind of freaked out, you know? So, um, so yeah, so that was when, that was the year I remember. I don't remember what how old I was, but that I remember just feeling just kind of like it was a disaster. Well, in recent years, my mom has been getting like she's not been getting like lazy necessarily, but um, but she's just been like putting all of our presents in my brother's room in like the same shopping bags that she got them in, just like laying them out. And it is the same kind of thing where it's like, man, that really does take away a lot. Like I know how you feel with like the just like it's just not the same kind of magic and also my parents will put stuff in the stocking while I'm awake and that just that just makes me mad because I mean the best part isn't even getting them it's just like going downstairs and then being there I don't really well I remember the moment when I I just kind of I just kind of came to it at one point one Christmas that Santa Claus wasn't real and I but I have a little brother and I remember kind of just it was like this during this process of opening presents somehow like it just snapped into place and I kind of like looked up at my mom and I was just like she like could we just exchanged a look and she knew that I knew and I knew that she knew but she was she communicated to me you can't say anything because your little brother doesn't have any idea and so we kind of there was this kind of this moment where I started to say it's but I, I stopped myself, and then we ended up kind of going upstairs later. You know, I was crying, and she kind of let the cat out of the bag. But both of us together were like, now it kind of became this conspiracy between us, you know, that we had to, like, preserve the dream for my brother. So in a way, it was kind of, maybe that kind of took a little bit of the sting out of it, just kind of feeling like it was something that I was a part of with my parents. But I remember up until that point, maybe even that year, like I was clinging onto the dream so firmly. And like, I remember defending Santa Claus on the bus. I think I was probably in like fifth grade or something, fourth grade. Does that sound about the right time? A little late, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I was a dreamer. 
but I remember defending Santa Claus on the bus <laughs> and then feeling like such an idiot afterwards, you know, just like all the kill the older kids. And I was just thought I had such a good argument. I was like, you, what are you, you know, kind of pulling out these, <laughs> these arguments and then just having to just eat my words later. Boy, that was embarrassing. Well, I never really had like a Santa Claus story because, you know, I knew the whole time pretty much because, <laughs> you know, yeah. So basically I had a, I had a tooth fairy story because like I had an idea that the tooth fairy wasn't real, but I didn't really like accept it till like one day because me and my little brother, we used to live in South Bend and we used to share like a bunk bed and like one day I like looked down and he was like, and my mom was under his pillow and I was like, what is she doing? And then like I see like a little dollar or whatever she slips under um slips under his thing, like his pillow, but I'm acting like I'm asleep, like turn my head, you know. Eyes barely bent, you know. Just trying to peek. But um basically I tried to, you know, still pull it off when I was like ten and I lost a tooth. Cause she would always tell us like one, it was it was bad because she used to tell us we had a ghetto tooth fairy, basically. So we get the money like three days later, <laughs> which wouldn't be funny. And then like, besides that, like one day it was like eight o'clock in the morning when I woke up and my tooth was still under my bed. And I walked in her room and I asked her and I pretty much got cussed out about waking her up. So that was the day I realized that the tooth fairy was not real. Growing up, my sister and I used to sleep like in the same really big bed. So we were, one of us was always losing teeth. I don't have, like, I don't recall not like learning about the f a tooth fairy, but I remember just being mortified, like waking up and the money would be under the wrong pillow because my parents didn't like remember which tooth it was, like which tooth belonged to which twin. So after like, they would just, I remember one month, like every week, my parents would put it under the wrong pillow. So at that point I just stopped believing because I knew my parents were just messing up. I didn't really have a moment that I discovered Santa Claus wasn't real, but I mean, my dad was actually really, really good at keeping the beliefs strong. Like, he would go through the trouble of making um, these giant boot footprints in the carpet um, and, like, putting snow around the footprints. Like, no, it was so cool. Like, I would, um, I would wake up in the morning, and then my dad would show me these footprints, and he'd be so happy, like, probably because he was proud of himself. And, like, he, he had, he actually, he made the tracks from the door, because we didn't have a chimney. Um, he made the tracks from the door to the... The Christmas tree and then like did like a little circle and then out the door again it was really cool there's also another time where he was really good he um he was a big fan of making home videos so like one night he decided to make a video of like him trying to catch Santa so like he made this like I'm for serious he made this big production out of um doing it so like he had the camera on and he was like walking down the stairs oh I, th I think I heard a noise you know I'll go downstairs and check it out and then I think I think it might have been like my mom making the noises because you could hear it in the film and <laughs> so like he went through the house and then uh, went down to the Christmas tree and like obviously there were Santa presents everywhere written in my dad's handwriting and so he followed followed uh, Santa out the door and like I think my mom wants to rang some jingle bells because in the film you could hear some bells and then like 
some thump and then he acted like he could see Santa's sleigh in the sky and like he lifted the um the camera up and viewed the sky and like I remember him showing it to me the next day and then I made my cousin and I who was two years younger or older than me made this huge argument about like this little light that we thought was Rudolph's nose and like we were like you look you can see the shape of the reindeer and there's a shadow and there's that's totally a deer and the reindeer and it was just yeah but so I didn't really have a moment that I discovered Santa wasn't real it was just really over time because my dad was so good at keeping it alive. Kim's, uh, Kimbo's story draws a lot of uh, resemblance to mine in the sense that my parents really, really, really put a lot of effort into it. Like, uh, whenever it was snowy, there'd be boot prints outside of this sliding door we had. Then one night, I remember uh, my dad, we had movies to take back, and we came back, and, like, there were presents, like, leading to, like, the tree. And I don't know why my parents, I think my parents just got tired of us waking them up so early, so they probably were just like, Santa's coming in the middle during the uh, Santa's coming during the night now or something and we all bought it let me see the first time I started really like noticing Santa Claus and everything I always felt like I always felt like I was bad like weeks before so I just cry on Christmas and just sit in my room and cry and depressed status like a little baby and I was only like what seven or eight but not like first time I thought I saw Santa Claus I heard I could have sworn I heard something on the roof so I go downstairs, just look what it was, and I saw my mom bringing in presents. <laughs> so it made me, it, it brightened my day to know that Santa Claus wasn't real. But at the same time, it was, I was thinking I'm about to open a present to keep my mouth shut. But seriously, guys, let's give it up for our parents. Presents being Santa Claus. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> what do you guys think about the the lie? You're getting older now. Like, if you are able to, like, imagine yourself as parents, like, I think about this for myself, you know, what would you do? You know, like, is there any reason not to perpetuate the the, the dream? I don't know if I want to do that to my kids, but at the same time, then they won't be able to, like, have, like, be able to talk about it like everyone else can. But then that's sort of just, like, why English class makes you read Frankenstein. So it's like, because you can have a conversation about it. But then, like, I don't know. So it's, like, is the pain of finding out worth it? Well, I don't have a clear memory of finding out when Santa Claus wasn't real because I never really thought he was real to begin with because my parents really didn't push that too hard. My mom kind of didn't. She would put Santa on the presents, but I don't ever remember taking it seriously. And I remember one Christmas, like when I was five, I think, sneaking out and seeing them put it under the tree, and it was just real. I mean, it wasn't even like... It was like a, a supposition that you had theorized before being proven true, but uh, there was never any, like, you know, emotional burden. So I'm just saying, I think it's totally possible to have the Santa experience without ever having deception involved, but, and there's still enjoyment and there's no trauma. So 
I would prefer to, you know, just know that my parents were the ones doing it instead of having like a big lie about some, you know, giant Caucasian man breaking into my house and leaving me gifts. Cause you know, that was a creep. That, that was a creepy idea, you know, for for a large, you know, probably around 300 pound large Caucasian man to break into your house and leave gifts under your tree and not want anything in return. Yeah. Like, you know. And like, yeah, and then the song too, he knows when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake, like, what? That doesn't sound too fun. I have four younger siblings, so the Santa dream is gonna be alive in my family for a very long time. And it's just, I, I don't hate my parents for it because I think it's kind of part of childhood. I mean, it's the parents' decision to do it. And I think when I have kids, I'll probably tell them about Santa and do like all the fun things that my dad did because I remember as a kid thinking that that was so cool that Santa was in my house like this magical being who lived in the North Pole who had these cool magical powers could make toys and I don't know I I want my kids to feel magic even if it probably will hurt them in the end but I guess if it didn't really hurt me so if I'm careful about it might not hurt them. I remember one time asking how Santa could get to all the kids' houses um, during one night, and then they told me since it's night in different times, like different part of the worlds at different times, and I was just like, oh well, duh, like <laughs> that makes perfect sense. I think the main argument for well, there's several, but the main argument for for having Santa. It's just like, what? this is totally hypothetical because I don't know, but what would it be like if you're the one kid at school who doesn't believe in Santa? It just seems like it would be so alienating and make you feel, you know, just make you feel super weird and maybe like have an air of superiority, you know, like, oh, these people are so stupid. You know, if you're in first grade, you know, and your parents are very matter of fact with you about Santa, it just seems like it'd give you some weird superiority complex and also... Just, you know, that experience of sharing that with your other people your age is probably pretty, you know, it's important. Just something to think about. I did not tell my daughter Santa Claus was real. And people are always shocked, like, I've done something wrong. They're like, you didn't lie to your child for 10 years? That's what you do. That's what you're supposed to do. I didn't do that. Because I feel like that's why kids don't trust their parents. They're like, oh, there's this magical. There's a tooth fairy who brings you money. And a magical elf. And there's a bunny who lays eggs that are chocolate. And then when you you're around 10 they're like yeah all that stuff we just made that up three years later they're teenagers and parents are like why don't my children trust me well maybe because you lied to them for a decade <laughs> plus don't you want credit for giving them the gifts like you go out and you buy an entire bicycle and put it together why are you gonna give credit to someone else like yeah i got you that bicycle you're welcome i don't know that's just how i feel how about you teach them that the whole world is a magical place? Yeah. Like bears, polar bears are real. Those are very impressive. They live at the North Pole. No, they don't live at the, like, right at the pole. They don't live right there. Are they the South Pole or the North Pole? They're still magical in their own way, is all I'm saying.
<laughs> like, there's a lot of real things that are amazing. Like, we don't need to even make stuff up. We don't need to lie for no, things. That, those, are those are all amazing things. The idea you can put two knives together and cut paper. Well, okay, maybe not scissors, but other things. <laughs> I'm done with this. Well, thank you. That's my opinion. This month's Rhinos Mixed Nuts podcast was brought to you by Josie, Shannon, Tori, Jackson, David, Kimbo, Charles, Tevin, and Miranda. With help from Walker Ray, Noah, Aaron, and Eric Ayat. You can download this episode of Mixed Nuts in the iTunes Store from Rhinos Youth Radio on Tumblr or on your smart device thanks to Stitcher Smart Radio. Join us again next month as the youth discuss identity and gender roles. Have a good time. Let it all hang out, but you won't. Oh, it's another revolution.